so we just watched episode one of the mandalorian or season three episode one the season premiere that just came out as the the time that we're recording this and this is actually semi-related to a theme park thing because they have a shopping tab now on the mandalorian show page which is happening begs a, a question that i thought about asking you earlier today which is have you ever seen a merchandise <laughs> phenomenon at a theme park as much as baby yoda merchandise at disneyland that little guy prints money it's astounding when you walk around how much merchandise there is of him yes everywhere that you look both what they're selling they're obviously selling like you go like the i'm going to i'm going to be honest here i think disney's star wars merchandise at least in the park has been pretty lackluster in my opinion it's, there's been some good things and i've definitely bought some yeah, stuff yeah but a lot of their just like general like shirt designs and like great. these like weird campaigns they they come need out like with. A, a good they're they're overdue for a good collection yeah well i feel like they do too many collections well, like too. their whole like vintage their whole vintage uh action figure the, vintage line. action figure it's like t-shirts of action figures like i don't want the idea was there like it had potential it was not executed it's like one of those well. things that they're and maybe there are people who love the vintage the vintage action figures i don't know my brother does he have them i bought them for him are they like a, he had all of the real vintage ones so they're as so a it's child. based on a an actual vintage line yes yes okay that it's makes like a sense. reproduction of the like original the set of action figures which is cute and it's yeah. fun they made like they did that for the action figures which was cool but i don't need the action figures pictures of the action figures on a hat yeah they're everywhere and they're on everything yeah regardless the so i've never been super enthused with a lot of stuff they have in the park for star wars but the like most of the stores are just if you don't want baby yoda merch they're just useless now it's just covered in it and people walking around like that's this is the, the reason that's the crazy part is you look everywhere every people of every age are wearing yeah this little guy and it's like stuff they're selling in the park it's stuff people are making and bringing yeah. buying you know plushies don't, don't don't tell anyone but i'm sure there's a lot of illegal third-party merchandise being what <laughs> so yeah i i just you as more of a shopper shopper <laughs> disneyland in particular sort of uh i don't know if historian is giving you too much credit but you're familiar you've been going to the park for a long time i'm a and person familiar who and you're you know you pay attention to merch has there ever been merch. anything that you can think of in the history like a character since, specifically since you've been going I, I, like a character a line a product a, a, an ip like anything that's just like comparable to the baby yoda phenomenon i feel like it's unique because it's him it's like it's one character. it is one character yeah. on so many things and it's like okay star wars is obviously really popular you you know slap iron man people love it cars is huge in the merchandise world you know cars is probably maybe the last one that was like cars merchandise is everywhere i think frozen is up there yeah like with stuff but i get like a single character not really i think what part of what mickey. i'm well mickey yeah but like mickey's part, mickey like, aside the iconography of the park itself but there is a disproportionate amount of merchandise. Like The Mandalorian is a popular show. It helped launch yeah. Disney Plus. A lot of people have watched it. I guarantee there's tons of people walking around Disneyland with Baby Yoda merchandise on them, their person who have not watched a single episode of the Whoa. show. He's so cute. It's just so cute. He's and so it's cute. and it's just become a thing now. And it's kind of like, I mean, I don't imagine how many kids were into car I maybe mean, there were probably some kids who were into car stuff who had maybe never seen the movie just because they liked car like a you know wanted a race car bit and that was like a cool one or whatever it is but that cars was like a good comparison to me because i feel like 
the the proportion of like merchandise sold to mm-hmm. how popular the movie was for the rest of the mainstream audience like cars was a fairly successful yeah. pixar movie but it wasn't like the biggest movie on the planet but they just sold so much merchandise from yeah it. that's why there were so many sequels and stuff well, the other interesting thing is cars is for kids yeah the mandalorian while not inappropriate for little kids it's not like it's kind of violent they're you know yeah. i mean it's just like it's i feel like it's geared toward older yeah, kids it's an adult show and yet baby yoda grogu the child whatever you want to call him is in every age group of merchandise like for yeah. little kids for big kids for adults <laughs> for old people um get him in a in a king big kids meal <laughs> that's right whereas like you know like there's i'm sure there's cars merchandise for adults but but yeah, like it's way it, more prevalent in kids merchandise yeah and this like runs the gamut of demographics i would venture to guess when you walk around disneyland you see three to one adults to kids wearing baby yoda merchandise my yeah my niece who just turned three years old knows baby yoda obviously has never watched because he's everywhere i know he's everywhere <laughs> and like my brother likes star wars so, so like cute. i'm sure there's stuff that's been around but just i'm sure from being in stores oh yeah you know somewhat like i bought her a shirt because i heard her reference it and she like knew what star wars was <laughs> so i bought her a shirt with baby yoda and she opened it up and looked straight at it and went that's baby yoda <laughs> no prompting no anything just recognize it and like yeah, i know like, him <laughs> yeah she's like i'm not she's not watching the mandalorian no she's, she's just, three i mean maybe they've like put it on and shown her like clips of him or right. whatever but it's crazy i just i just can't remember yeah anything like that that again like you said you know cars was a lot for kids but like so ubiquitous across all age groups and mm-hmm. demographics and types of people people who you, you'd never mm-hmm. expect to be into anything related to star wars mm-hmm. all of a sudden are like mega fans of this one character listen when you're tiny and cute and green and you eat frogs what's not to love that's me I do. That's why I love I you. I check all those boxes. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome into the second episode of Park Pals. Uh, this wasn't actually even like a theme park related topic. We were just watching it. And, you know, it is, but like uh, not one of the main topics we had planned for the show. We just watched it and I was like, I thought about if we go to Disneyland again now, like at any point in the next eight weeks while the show is running, I'm sure it's going to be ramped up. Yeah. To 11 because it's just going to be front of mind for people who have watched it that you're going to see even more mm-hmm. people walking around with him on it. I stuff. pre-ordered the plush when season one came out. Well, that's I'm 32 years old. So I was 30 at the time. That's so. a crazy story. I remember you talked to someone who worked. Can we legally talk about it? <laughs> well, I'm, not say, I'm just saying you talked to someone who worked. <laughs> In the start, like this isn't a trade <laughs> secret, secret, I think, but like you talk to someone who worked in the Star Wars, the Lucasfilm franchise team, and they didn't know that Baby Yoda was a character until the show came out. It was like incredibly well, sort of. So the reason they knew they knew, but the reason everything took so long to come out in terms of product, it was that they didn't release anything to anyone early. They did not allow people to prepare merchandise so, and t-shirts and stuffed animals uh, and everything in advance to have it. Cause that, that takes over a year yeah. to like make things basically. So the teams within the company knew, but, I, but like the, I assume the licensees, so. you know, you're, target your yeah. Funko, like your companies that make merchandise and are the actual manufacturers of things they had no you yeah. know they weren't given anything to prepare the, i mean the internal disney teams didn't make anything either They're, like yeah no one no was, one was allowed in on this character they were like we are keeping this locked down yeah so then so then when, when it, it came becomes, out <laughs> and people are just scrambling to make things because everybody wants something with baby yoda on it yeah. so i'm sure like for the first few months etsy was your oh, only place to ton, go yeah there was tons of you know unofficial 
plushes and yeah. people knitting things uh-huh. and like anything that you could make with, with yeah. Baby Yoda on it. Because there was nothing official. It was huge because there was no official merchandise. And yeah, it took many months. Yeah, there were pre-orders and I, yeah, it was a good close to six months, I think, before the bulk of yeah. like, and then I think within about a year. Then I think by the time season two up. had come out yeah. or was about to come out, it was like stopped. Everywhere. You know, the park in particular was just stocked to the brim with yeah. with yeah. all the different uh, merchandise stuff. Yeah. yeah. But I pre-ordered time. the plush. I pre-ordered a couple little like figurines. <laughs> My sister-in-law just gave me another we have a Yoda, stupid, Baby Yoda plush. We have a, a silly amount of, uh, of Baby Yoda. Oh, you know what I also just bought? A baby Yoda cookie cutter. That's that's good. That'll come in handy. Oh, so cute. <laughs> so getting on to the actual topic that we had prepared for the show, uh, we're going to give our review of Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, which is the newest ride to come to Disneyland. Again, another ride that existed before at Disney World. Neither of us had been on it because when we went to to disney world we didn't uh, really have time and well uh, so a future episode well. <laughs> in, in a future episode uh we will tell the story of how we went to disney world during a hurricane not on purpose not yeah like we're it was storm unintentional <laughs> but uh so so we actually have been to disney world since that ride's open but we didn't get a chance to go on it so but good news it's now in Disneyland. Yeah. It opened in Disneyland at the end of January. And just to give a little primer again for the future, we'll tell a story about, you know, stories about going to other theme parks like our trip to Disney World. We're also will talk extensively in the future about parks that are not <laughs> universal in Disney. Like we're not going to be where we are most. Often. Yeah. Well, we live in Los <laughs> Angeles. So Disneyland is the park we go to the most regularly. Yeah. We go to universe. We go to the other parks here, but we'll talk about, you know, Six Flags and Cedar Fair parks. And like we did a whole road trip that we'll do a lot of non Disney parks and stuff about, but we've just had a lot of, uh, we've been doing some stuff. That's, that's cool. Yeah. You got to go to a preview event of Mickey and Minnie's. I, did. Um, I have, friend whose mom works at Disneyland and she got into a cast member preview so uh, I think it was a few days before the ride opened to the public I got to go down to the park and it was just open for cast members um, so we had a reservation we got to go anything Amazing. anything special about that experience of doing it exclusive and early or was it just the same? no no <laughs> <laughs> walked in did the ride it was out. the same the same uh yeah it was very much exactly what it is now like right now it requires a virtual queue to get in or a uh, extra cost lightning lane um so we, it was basically like you were in the virtual queue like they made you join a virtual queue so if you've never been on any of the newer rides at a disney park that does that you have the opportunity at either 7 a.m before the park opens or at 1 1 p.m 1 p.m you basically go on your phone on the disneyland app and you wait for you can set up your there's it's it's it's, it's unnecessarily thing. complicated you set up your boarding group so everyone who's in your group that you want to go on the ride with you like link all your tickets on the app or whatever you have your passes whatever and then you go through this little system where you like select everyone and you say okay these are all the people and then when the time hits you just refresh hope for the best. and hope for the best <laughs> and then you try to hit the button and then maybe you get a uh, time maybe you don't i i feel like if you try you will probably get if you try right re- you, if you're ready at 659 or 1259 whatever you will get a time most likely you can't guarantee it but it seems like at this point most people who want one right away get a time the problem is (laughs) as we experienced when we went to the ride we were number they give you a boarding group number like 271 yeah so they'll be like at the start of the day they'll be like calling groups one through 30 or whatever yeah. and then they increase the number as time goes on so it's kind of like just taking a ticket and coming back and yeah we were well, over 200 we were we were also labeled as a backup boarding group so it, it comes with the caveat that 
you may not get in if they yeah. don't get through that many groups like they will you will only be called if they get through enough groups essentially so so we were you know we were not we didn't have our hopes up that we were going to get on the ride luckily uh, the way the day sort of worked out we just kind of ended up because mm-hmm. we weren't planning necessarily to stay to do a to, we ended up staying for 13 or 14 hours i think that day that's a long day yeah that wasn't our original plan necessarily, but we went to dinner and that took a while. And then we, we did yeah, fireworks. We, we like went a few ri- on a few rides and then we stayed uh, for the fireworks. So we just had some things spread out throughout the night that was like uh, kind of chilled out our pace and we ended up staying longer than we expected. So the time that we actually got on the ride was like 10 45 yeah between 10 30 and 11 <laughs> so it was it was a late one they stop the because of where the ride is it's yeah, i guess of, we should talk about that well yeah so the ride <laughs> is in the new refurbished toontown which is not yet open the majority of it it's just when you go to the ride right now there's just almost like a walled off tunnel that just not tunnel but like fences that kind of take you directly to the ride and you can't go into the rest of toontown because they're still refinishing that but that's in part of the park that shuts down during fireworks so that did not help our cause because we were like oh yeah we'll go to well you know we'll do fireworks and that'll eat up some time and we'll kind of chill and and then all of a sudden at eight o'clock Almost or a little yeah. after eight. Virtual like, queue just stops moving. An hour, almost an hour before fireworks. It's two it hours. Two, before. I think it was two hours before fireworks. So that is something to keep in mind. If you get a later in the day virtual queue return time, because they give you kind of an estimate of how long. It's not an exact thing, but they give you an estimate. And so if you think your time is going to be after, you know, 7 p.m., and you're kind of doing the mental math in your head of like, okay, this many more groups, they've done a hundred in the last four hours or whatever it is. Like, okay, we'll probably make it this time. <laughs> they just stop taking them. Now they are, I think they are still getting people through the line. Yeah, I think so too. I think to that's why they closed. They, so they stopped taking mm-hmm. new groups um, for a while, but there is a point where I'm sure the ride totally shuts down. Yeah when they're right you know before they actually do the fireworks so there is a stoppage and then then when they reopened after fireworks they let in like 50 groups at a time so it was pretty quick yeah. after that that we were able to to get on that was a lot about virtual queue yeah but backing up like you said the ride is in toontown which I believe was supposed to open March 8th or 9th, but it got pushed back about a week because which mm. who knows if that's going to stick because it was because of winter storms and yeah. construction. And we've had some weather. It, it snowed in Los Angeles today, which it was snowed. weird. There was like I say that in quotations. It, that's more than we should have. No, and <laughs> people do laugh because when it rains for like three days in a row, L.A. entirely shuts down. But it is often I even I laughed at it a lot when I first moved here because I'm like, what the like Why, I, I remember water. one of my coworkers at one of my first jobs, I came in and she was like, We shouldn't have to come to work in the rain. <laughs> and I was like, What are you talking about? But being in a you know, growing up around Charlotte in a city kind of in the south, that we don't get snow there very regularly, but when we would you know, it shuts down the city because we're not prepared for it. Exactly. There's no snow plows. There's no salt trucks. There's like none of that. We're not ready for it. And that's kind of what it's like. Well, how do you be ready for the rain? It's the ground's incredibly dry. Yeah. It doesn't absorb any water. And so all the roads flood. There's no drainage. Yeah. We do not have the infrastructure for water. There are (laughs) mudslides. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it is like actually becomes, it's kind of a joke, but it becomes a a serious issue. And there can be a lot of damage in LA when it rains. And we've had a lot of rain in the past couple of weeks. So a lot of, you know, outdoor places and businesses and stuff like that have had to do repairs and and deal with damage and stuff so yeah yeah toontown Toontown may or may not open this month we don't know but uh so right now they opened a portion of the park which includes the entrance to the new ride so they've added like a nice grassy area next to roger rabbit and then to the left of that is the new ride which is set in the El Capitune Theater. The El Capitune. Which is adorable. 
If you don't know, <laughs> the El Capitan is the theater in Hollywood that Disney owns, and they do. Uh, that's where Jimmy Kimmel shoots his show, I think. Right next door, yeah. Oh, he shoots next. He's not next in door. the actual yeah. theater. And then they do like Disney. They play Disney movies. Yeah, they play Disney movies. They'll do some premieres and stuff like that yeah, there too. It's very cute. So it's Disney's theater, so it's kind of modeled after yes. that. Yes. So this is all, obviously, it's in Toontown. It is, you are being transported into a cartoon. So you walk into the El Capitoon Theater and there's a ticket booth and it's adorable and you walk in and the queue is full of posters featuring Mickey and friends, but they're just spoofs of different film titles. So you have one that's Miska Muska featuring Minnie Mouse, but it's looks like Hocus Pocus. Yeah, so there's a lot of different... I wish I could remember. It's been a few weeks yeah, now since we there's had a, went, so There's I'd, a Mighty Ducks. There's a Parent yeah. Trap. There are a lot of really cute, fun There's a lot posters. of references to actual Mickey Mouse and Steamboat Willie cartoons and stuff. Mm-hmm. There's a cash register at the snack bar that has uh, the numbers 1928. Oh, yeah. Or I guess the first Steamboat Willie cartoon was in 1928. So, yeah. So, a lot of really fun Easter eggs if you're like a a Mickey fan or even, yeah, just a movie fan. Yeah. And it's definitely like they have a lot of stuff to look at. It's very cute. They have um, like props from Mickey cartoons. You can see his hat from when he sorcerer Mickey. They have like little Christmas cards and a setup from one of the old Mickey cartoons. They have a giant beanstalk coming down through the ceiling from Mickey and the beanstalk. It was a very efficient loading ride and yes. the line moved. It was another Super one where almost quick. the line moved a little too quickly. I feel, oh, like. I feel like I wanted to look at I things. feel like there were some, I mean, it slows like most lines, it slows down the closer you get. But in some of the early rooms, I felt like it would have been nice. To, I mean, we'll go back, I'm sure, and, and yeah. see it again. But like, it would have been cool. We kind of said the same thing about the Mario Kart ride. I'm sure at some point, I don't believe that this is the kind of ride that's going to be on virtual queue forever. It's a nice ride, but it's not the kind of like premium park stopping yeah. ride that's going to what? what? Park stopping. Park stopping. Park. Stop the park. I'm going to ride this ride. Shut down the park. There's fireworks and also I'm going on the ride. <laughs> I don't know what, where that phrase came from. But your face is park stoppingly oh, beautiful. Wow. It stops your park. <laughs> You're about to go into a space and no, oh, 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 well, oh. back it up. Yeah. Beep, beep. <laughs> beep, beep. Uh, there's. What are we doing here? So it's unlikely to have virtual queue forever. And so there will be probably a long standby line at some point. So you will well, be plenty, of plenty of time in the future to just like yeah. look at all the little details. The other thing about the line that I loved is the music. It's so I don't know if it was just that it was 1030 at night, <laughs> 12 plus hours into a Disneyland day. And I was like, we were so excited that we actually made it. That yeah. Line and stuck it stuck it out. And kind of made it to get into the ride but i just had the best time yeah the vibes in that room are immaculate immaculate as you're going through that line it's like you know very old cartoon kind of feeling music um very jazzy and it's just fun yeah it's peppy and the environment is like cool and cartoony and it's just it's one of the more fun because a lot of rides now i feel like they're trying to like sell you a story and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so they're like kind of dramatic in like the buildup. And so it was kind of nice, like a refreshing change of pace to be like, everything is bright. It's and just happy. fun. And it's, uh, yeah, it's super energetic and it gets you into like a very fun headspace. I think going into what this ride is, which is literally, it dumps you into a cartoon. Yeah. I think my favorite part of the queue was the concession stand. Yeah. You walk through a certain part and you can see a popcorn machine and you see like funny candies. My favorite one, I think, was um, Power Limes. If you've ever seen the Goofy movie, Power Line. Listen, Goofy movie is top five for me. Did you get really close and go eye to eye with that? I did. That candy? (laughs) I did. You did. It really. You tried to bite it. This doesn't work grammatically. It really stood out. The song's called Stand Out. I tried. I did my best. Anyway, 
Lots of fun Easter eggs and details in there. There's some cool visual effects yeah. in the line where they have like a popcorn machine. And so there's like a little video component that looks like popcorn is like constantly flowing real. out of it. And it looks pretty good. Yeah. And then they have a pre-show and I won't spoil exactly what happens, but there's a very fun surprise element to the pre-show. Not as a dramatic, but not totally not too different from the new guardians yeah. ride in disneyland or disney world excuse me it's just shocking because it happens right in front of your eyes and you're standing there blinking like did that happen right in front of my yeah. eyes and i didn't there's, see it happen there's almost like a boldness where it's like the lights don't go out or no whatever. i don't it's know just, how, i can't figure it out it's sort of shocking yeah like there's like a transformation within the room that happens and all yeah. of a sudden it all changes and that's like your how you're kind of like whisked onto the ride you're literally ah, never mind <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no spoilers is, i don't know this is also full of spoilers well we'll, we'll, spoil, we'll, we'll talk spoil about that. the ride but i think there's yeah. one moment in particular that is fun we'll, to not know exactly yes, what's going we'll leave to happen. it as a transformation. Yeah, that's a good happens. way to put it. Something happens, and then you're you're Things transported and uh, you're kind there. of towards the ride vehicle, and so then you're actually into the the line where you get on the train. And what's really cool about the loading process of this ride when it pulls up, it looks like a normal train. It looks like a normal kind of whatever roller coaster ride type vehicle like you know something similar to like a big thunder mountain or whatever sort of, the vehicles are large though like they're across pretty, yeah, like they can fit a lot of people but it's it's your typical like it looks like a slow moving train yeah so they're they're bigger across but in terms of like it has like a little train mm -hmm. piece in the front and a little caboose and so it looks like a thing and in the run-up to the ride one of the only things that i really knew about it was that it was supposed to be a trackless car and if you've never been on a uh you know, a trackless and another example is Rise of the Resistance. If you've been on that, that has a trackless ride system, meaning it's not on a track. It's not attached to a cable or anything like that. The cars move freely, totally independent from each other. So it pulls up and I'm like literally like leaning over the railing, <laughs> like looking in between the car. I was like, are these connected? I thought this was a trackless ride. And I look and I see and then there's nothing connecting them. And that gets to, I think, the heart of what is really great about Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway is that it really explores the possibilities of having multiple different styles and sequences and how it uses a trackless system to accomplish that. Because within one ride, there are moments where, yeah, you're moving all together just like a train and then it breaks up the train and all the cars go scattering in different directions there are moments where you're put in front of a screen and mm -hmm. you know like any other screen ride simpsons ride whatever you like are like oh you're like do some crazy dive and there's like a visual spectacle going on in front of you and then okay we're through that part and now it backs you out and now you're moving into another room and there's a part where a scrambler or uh -huh, you know, Luigi's rollicking roadsters or whatever, you know, those type of rides, you're all the cars are like moving in unison and kind of like shifting you back and forth like you're dancing or whatever. And so it's one of the most unique experiences that I've been on because it kind of feels like three or four different types and styles of rides all rolled into one experience and the way they use the trackless cars is super clever yes. to accomplish that and very effective in like helping with the theming of the room and what's going on around you yeah. and it's also cool because it feels so different than something like rise of the resistance even though it's like the way pretty similar in like you are in a little car that's moving independently of everything else but it feels very different like a totally new experience the story sort of of the ride is that you're kind of launched into a mickey cartoon and there's not anything super specific story-wise but you know you're in a train it goes crazy the, yeah, it runs off, away it goes off the rails and you're literally th you're thrust into <laughs> all these different there's a bunch of different rooms with different kind of themes and looks mm -hmm. to them and again there's different screen uh, I think they use screens cleverly where there's some elements that are on screen but you never feel like Oh, I'm like stuck on a 
a screen ride. It like it moves through real space mm-hmm. with real sets and everything extremely smoothly and then just has video components that add that like pop of cartoon and characters and having them interact with you in in fun ways. Yeah. Yeah. And each, you know, each section is like, okay, there's Mickey and Minnie. Oh, there's Goofy. Oh, there's Daisy. There, you know, you see all your your favorite animated friends and And now we're going through an underwater Mm -hmm. section and and so i'm trying to even remember i feel like it's a it's a long ride and there's a lot to it we've only you've been on it twice i've only been on it once so it's hard for me to even remember all the different rooms because there's so much to look at there's so much to look at and it really kind of goes by you're really taking a lot in on your first Mm -hmm. ride through it in a way that uh, it's not like overwhelming in a bad way, but it's just like, yeah, my, my I feel spectacle. like, yeah, it's a whirlwind yeah. and, and you get to the end and you're like, whoa, that was, uh, you know, it's a wild time. This is the wildest ride inside in Toontown indoors, <laughs> not in the wilderness. <laughs> I think the other thing, and like we talked about the line having a vibe and feeling jazzy and cartoony, the ride in the art style, which we disagree about. I love the art style. I've got some notes. I absolutely. This is maybe my favorite version of Mickey. And like not necessarily like the Mickey's actual face. I understand why you'd be like, it's kind of weird. Like some of the faces of the characters are a bit bizarre. But the art style of the world of this I'm... version of Mickey, the like sure. the objects, the houses, I think the way the characters move. There's a new, there's a, a video game that's going to be coming out that's very Is much. It that art style? It's very much in that art style. And I think it looks so good. But anyway, what the <laughs> ride does is it does one of the best jobs I've ever seen of immersing you into a cartoon. Yes. It's, I'm trying to think if there's any recent rides that you would describe this way, but it's like the next evolution of the storybook ride. Mm-hmm. So you're Alice in Wonderland, you're Winnie yeah. the Pooh, Peter Pan, the ride that are the ride that's sort of just designed to like sit in a little car it's and a dark go ride. through. It's yeah. a dark ride, and you go through and you sit and you see the story of whatever character you're seeing. And this is like this is that, but taken <laughs> on to, steroids yeah, to another <laughs> level. It's fun. It's exciting. There's no big thrills or anything to it, no. but it's very accessible. I don't know if there was a height. Uh, requirement but but it also feel like it it feels like you're moving faster than like a mr toad's wild ride like you're definitely like there's a lot more movement which like it's not i wouldn't expect it to be scary for kids because mickey and minnie are there but it's still like a little bit thrilling because you don't know which way you're going you can't see the track in front of you because there isn't one yeah there's some sudden movements and there's some like parts that are in designed to to make you feel the only part of the ride that i felt was a little bit underwhelming on that front is when you go up to the screen and you going towards the mm-hmm. underwater part you think you do you go over a waterfall or yeah something yeah so you go over a waterfall and there's no physical aids to the cart mm. to make you feel like you're leaning, you know, because you're like going sure. over the edge of a waterfall. The great example I think of this, even though it's a the visually it's an aged ride at some point, and some people don't like it because it can be a little motion sicky. But the Simpsons ride at <laughs> Universal that have it at both you know Hollywood and Orlando does an amazing job, and the whole ride is designed around this, so it's a bit different. But when you're going over the edge of like the virtual roller coaster or any of the parts where you dive, you feel like you're kind of leaning forward and diving. And this didn't have, it would have been really cool if it just like you, your cart like goes into place and there was something in the floor maybe that just lifts you up just enough to give you a little bit of that sensation. So I think from like a thrill perspective again not that i'm expecting this ride to be super thrilling but i think there is maybe a few missed opportunities like in the future rides that are similar to this could add elements like that mm-hmm. that adds a little bit more dimension to the way that the car moves in certain spots but otherwise i think there's enough that like yeah adults will find this fun it's way i only say that as like it's a comparing it to storybook rides it's way more 
fun mm-hmm. physically and just even in the way that the story engages you. It's way better than yeah. I think any of your traditional storybook rides. It just feels like the next evolution of yeah. that though because it does immerse you in the cartoon world and you're like experiencing the story first. Yeah. Dark ride the next generation. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And I also think it's the perfect addition to Toontown because it is oh, it's supposed to be a cartoon world. You're where Mickey lives. You yeah. want to be in his world and this does it. And this blew me away when I learned that this is the first ever Mickey ride. Now, obviously the one that opened in yeah. Disney World was technically the well, first one, but this is just yes. you know putting the same ride in a different park. But the you know Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, there's never been a Mickey themed ride <laughs> Is that weird? at any park. That guy's everywhere, it's, and they didn't even give him a ride. It's mind blowing, actually, that there's never been a, a Mickey ride. I bet he's offended. And this is a great. <laughs> we talked about you being a Disney historian. <laughs> not not that you actually claim that, but I think people like to throw around the idea of like well walt disney wouldn't want the park to be this way or that way like walt is rolling in his grave yeah, that's like my all, favorite line <laughs> all, all all of the things that are like well, walt wouldn't like it. and a, a lot of times it's in the defense of like getting rid of old things to keep yeah. new things when literally like one of walt disney's most famous quotes is like Disneyland's never complete. It's always going to be like keep growing. As long and as changing. there's imagination as left as in the world, there's not. That's true. Have We've made s- a lot of sequels. Yeah, all we do is reboot things. Now <laughs> we're we're giving Mickey a ride. That's new. That's this new. That's I guess. New. I don't know. It's really nice because I think that this isn't just. This is still has like a classic Disney feel to it. It is an evolution of ride technology. It's an evolution of the way to incorporate IP into a ride mm-hmm. that still feels incredibly true, especially in Disneyland in Toontown. Yes. It feels very true to the park that it's in, to the part of the park that it's in, and to, you know, kind of the history of that style of ride and kind of showing that, okay, not everything has to be, even though. I'm a person who I'm here for thrill rides. Like I love roller coasters. I love all that stuff. I still love a ride that just gives you like a fun themed mm-hmm. experience. And this adds enough fun and enough, uh, I, like thrills, not even the right word, but just enough movement and it's- energy. And like, it feels like a ride. It's not just a dinky little sit in a book and or mm-hmm. sit in a cart and go look at pages of a book basically yeah. and that's it it is uh it's engaging it's physically visually engaging in a lot of ways um but it's still simple and accessible that any you know any kid over the age of i don't know whatever four or five probably could could easily ride this yeah. ride without it, it being too intense it's just a well done ride yeah. i think that's like it's just it's well made it's well designed it's there's so many just things to look at technologically it's really cool it's just like it has a lot of things going for it and you're right it's it's the right fit for where they put it i mean it's a perfect fit it's an it's a really interesting time i think in the development of theme park rides because in the last you know, four or five years, we've had Rise of the Resistance, which will, which we will, I'm sure, constantly reference. It's both, I think both of us would say it's the best theme park ride ever made. It's just such a, an experience and incorporates a lot of different unique elements into it, including the, the trackless uh, kind of ride vehicle. We've had something like the Guardians of the Galaxy ride in disney world a roller coaster that incorporates screens and visual you know uh, accompaniment better than any ride i've ever been on with that amount of roller coaster movement and thrill and fun attached to it you have the mario kart ride which uh at universal which we talked about last week which has augmented reality elements to it and so i think for a long time before maybe five eight years ago i think you had a period for a while where it was like okay we have roller coasters and we have like newer exciting faster roller coasters which cool i'm a i'm a fan of that you have dark rides and you have different ways of 
of theming them. You have maybe some advancements in like shooting gallery kind of rides. Um, even like a ride like Web Slingers is like another mm-hmm. kind of new technological advancement in that. But I don't know that the last like 20 years before 2017, 18, you saw a ton of radical change in the style of ride vehicles and ways that you can experience rides. And I feel like there's this like renaissance and this like race to this like technological push of how do we blend the idea of a ride that can be fun and thrilling with good movement and enough excitement, but also themed and have story and use IP well. And there's just a lot of like really a lot of elements. Yeah. There's like a lot of really interesting new ways that different types of rides and new technology are all being blended. Yeah. And I think we mentioned the Mario Kart ride feeling almost like a beta test mm-hmm. version of what that augmented reality thing of the augmented reality style ride. I think this is, I think Minnie and Mickey's is a more complete and fully realized version of what its intention is it like you said it's well done it nails everything that it tries to do but i still see this type of ride vehicle being so new and it being able to be implemented in a lot of new yes. ways going forward yeah i i think we're going to be seeing a lot of trackless rides another one that we didn't get to do in disney world due to the hurricane is remy oh yeah ratatouille the rat of all my dreams he has a trackless ride. Uh, <laughs> Rat of all my dreams. I'm sorry. Do you not remember Ratatouille the musical, a.k.a. the best part of the pandemic? Oh, yeah, Featuring Wayne that. Brady in rat makeup. <laughs> Did have Wayne Brady. God, that feels like a fever dream. It was. That was so weird. That was a musical created on TikTok <sighs> that then uh, Wayne Brady and who is the other... Uh, guy from Kimmy Schmidt who is in it? Uh, Titus. Titus. Yeah. That's the character from Kimmy Schmidt. Or is that his name? That's also his name. Oh, his name. <laughs> oh, it's both. Titus. Hold on. Titus Burgess? Is that his name? Is his... Titus and Andronicus or something isn't his name from Kimmy Schmidt. Okay, so his name in real life is in Titus. the show is Titus. Yes. Okay. God, I love that guy. Can't yeah. remember his name, but I love that guy. So that's a line from Ratatouille, the musical. Yes. Okay. Remy, the Ratatouille, the rat of all my dreams. Look it up. <laughs> <laughs> no. So. Anyway, he uh, Remy's ride is also a trackless ride. So I feel like they're becoming more yeah. prevalent. Have you been on that? No. Before? Uh, from the little that I know about it, it seems like a little bit more, like a little smaller scale, I think, than the Mickey and Minnie. I will right. report back. You're going. In a couple weeks. You got to go on that. It is my number one priority because I have t- tried twice to go on it and yeah. <laughs> failed. <laughs> we just, uh, we did, when we went to Epcot, we went on Guardians, the new Guardians ride twice. And Oh, I would rather, I would pick Guardians. Yeah. If I had to choose, I'd pick Guardians yeah. over Remy. Sorry, but, the rat of all my dreams. And then we also started and accomplished drinking around the world and getting a drink in every year. It's a story for another day. Yeah. And it, when we do our Epcot, uh, you know, kind of a full park review, we'll talk more about that. But uh, yeah, so we didn't do that right. But it's just a really exciting time where we're seeing interesting ways that, you know, we can sit here and project into the future and think about all of the possibilities of like, like, what if you could go on the Mike and Sully Monsters, Inc. ride and it was good. so bold so controversial that ride is not a bad ride but the line (laughs) is ridiculous it used to be five minutes all the time and now it's consistently 45 minutes it's like an hour constantly to just sit in a car and go like look at mediocre effects and story and i love monsters inc that's one of my favorite pixar movies but yeah, again, a decent little storybook ride, but why is the line so long? Yeah, that's the real problem. Anyway. Anyway, so because, yeah, I just, I, I'm, I'm trying to think of, 
and you know, I'm no expert in every ride that exists in every park around the world. You're but not. I'm. Have you been lying to me this whole time? You so much. Well, <laughs> but I'm struggling to think of a ride that feels like this much of an advancement in the dark ride. And again, non-shooting, non-interactive, yeah. like just to sit in a car and go around kind of dark ride like this is one of the more yeah this is one Exciting. of the this is one of the more like interesting advancements in that kind of classic yeah. feel yeah i think so too anything else you want to say about uh, it? i think it's a good ride uh, i liked it and i think everybody should ride it it's about time mickey mouse gets something this guy this has guy been working his butt off since 1928 criminally underutilized throughout Disneyland parks, you can say has very minimal presence. You don't notice him anywhere. No. Ever since this god dang baby Yoda <laughs> showed up, everybody used to wear Mickey mm. ears and now everybody's got these stupid big pointy ears and this guy said, I'm coming back strong and I'm taking back my park from this stupid baby. Yeah, where's your fucking ride, baby Yoda? I don't see one. <laughs> That was aggressive. <laughs> we never really decided if this was a cursing show or I not. I don't think it should be. I, it's probably I, not. Can you bleep but, me? Uh, yeah, I could bleep you. Yeah, maybe just, maybe not a bleep. It always scares me on podcasts when they bleep. I'll do like a soft bleep. Maybe just like a. Like a cutout with a soft. You want me to, you want me to give you a clean one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Do it Where's your ride, baby Yoda? No, I'm going to keep the part where you, I'm just going to put something over it. A nice. Where's like, your ride? Small. Baby Yoda. <laughs> I was thinking like a Mickey. Uh... Oh boy. <laughs> I was trying to think of, I reached into my brain for something that Mickey says. Hot dog. What? <laughs> hot dog. Oh, like hot, <laughs> hot dog. Yeah, I didn't say it right. Out of context or without the yeah, intonation. The, the hot dog. <laughs> the inflection know, is everything. I didn't know if it was a reference to like the concession stand thing from the <laughs> from the ride or what. You just yelled hot, hot dog. dog. <laughs> you know the thing that Vicky says all the time: hot dog. <laughs> his catchphrase it kind of actually is but it really makes you realize with certain catchphrases and stuff how important the inflection is because sometimes it's just a word or a phrase that (laughs) in a million other ways i think i'm gonna make a hot dog my catchphrase but i'm not i'm gonna say it like that you can't infringe on mickey's no no, no, that guy will listen oh he's very litigious legal infringement is something that mickey does not mess around with you do not want that guy's lawyer on your tail (laughs) coming for your birthday party unlicensed merchandise i know gotta protect that careful out there it'll be in the public domain i think next year will we get a mickey mouse you know, blood and hot dogs or whatever, no! just like the the uh, this Winnie the Pooh. What's it called? Winnie the Pooh blood, blood and honey. honey. Winnie the Pooh blood and honey. So if you don't know, you Winnie, don't need to know. Uh, well, it, Winnie the Pooh, which is a not an original Disney creation, is adapted from uh, Milne. Yeah, Mil- it's an old like oh, book. Uh, yeah, initial initial Milne. No. What's happening? <laughs> Hold on. Pause. Did you just short circuit? Hold, please. <laughs> Hot dog. <laughs> Hot dog. A. A. Milne. <laughs> or Milne. I don't know how to pronounce You're it. You're making I think sounds it's Milne. A. A. Milne. I said initial, initial Milne. I couldn't remember if it was A. A. Or E. E. Or O. O. Or I. I. That's the author yes. of Winnie the Pooh. So Winnie the Pooh is an old book series that Disney just adapted into, you know, movies what we and know TV. today. So they don't own the rights to the character and the character itself 
went into the public domain, meaning it has been around long enough that there is no longer any copyright protections on it. So there is a very, and I, listen, I loved 80 for Brady. We just saw cocaine bear. I like, I love a kitschy, weird, stupid, goofy idea for a movie. This Winnie the Pooh blood and honey movie looks terrible. (laughs) I'm sure it is. The name is hilarious. The name's hilarious. And these were clearly the first people who were like, Winnie the Pooh's in the public domain. We're getting on it day one because that just <laughs> happened like last year, right? I don't know. Yeah, it hasn't been that long and they already got a movie coming out and it looks terrible. You know what? But I can't judge. Maybe it'll be great. It won't. I probably won't watch it. All right. Well, I couldn't even get through the trailer. We're going to get working on Mickey Mouse Blood and Hot Dogs. Blood and Hot Dogs. For God. next year when he's in the public domain. <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. I just thought about things that I could say in a Mickey voice that I wouldn't. I don't think we need to go down that road. Yeah, I don't think so. Speaking of hot dogs, <laughs> uh huh. Segue. It was good. We went to a restaurant recently. <laughs> we did not eat one single hot dog. It was Wiener Schnitzel. <laughs> I don't think well, I've been ever to, eaten at a Wiener Schnitzel in my a, life. I haven't been to a Wiener Schnitzel in years. The restaurant that we actually went to is uh, another thing that's new to the LA area that has existed in Orlando, which is Toothsome's Chocolate Emporium, mm-hmm. which is, I can, I think the best way to describe it is like if Willy Wonka opened a th- steampunk yeah. themed restaurant. Yeah, it's steampunk Willy Wonka. Yeah. For sure. Not actually branded Willy Wonka in any way. No, it's, no. But uh, like very chocolate factory vibes. Mixed with. No the, child killing that I know of. We didn't see any. Yes. I don't know what happens in the kitchen. Yeah. I don't really know why you would even. Because <laughs> people die in Willy Wonka. We don't know that. It's implied. We don't see them die. But she might be fine. You can empty all that blueberry juice out of her. She's gonna have so much Just, loose skin. Oh. <laughs> I have never thought this uh, intently about what happened to Violet Beauregard. I think about it all the time. The Violet, you're turning Violet, Violet. That's one of the stupidest lines in any movie, and yet the but most quoted. I think about it all the time. Um, anyway, um, so yes, it's a it's a very steampunky themed restaurant. It's. It's like a chocolate candy factory. So you walk in and it feels very old timey. They're all in like cute little vests with top hats and goggles. And there are actual like costumed characters that walk around at times that we unfortunately we didn't see. There was no one out and about while we were there. We were there kind of towards the end of the night. So that might have been why. But I've seen other people post recently who have been and there are like it's like a weird robot guy so, and like well on the menu uh, there's yeah. like a story yeah so they've come up with an entire story about how this restaurant came to be it's a story about a girl she has like a robot friend or something like that are you saying this is a story of a girl who had a robot who cried a river in drowned the whole sorry i love that song while she looks so sad in photographs I absolutely love her. What's that next line? When she smiles. When she smiled. I don't know why when I was running through it in my head, I thought the line was when she she died. Oh my God. You're getting loopy. Anyway, two costume characters that are themed to the restaurant. You can read about them in the menu. There's a whole backstory behind them. And so they'll come around and talk to guests at the table and interact with with people but it is very cool theme they have yeah. a little chocolate shop um, yeah sort of off to the side that you can buy you cases know, and cases of truffles and marshmallows and all these fun things the food i would describe as like traditional american bar pub food but like plussed up a little bit like nice gastropub maybe style food like uh, you know, burgers and like sandwiches, but like, you know, interesting twists on like some kind of normal stuff, I would say. Yeah. And all and the, the stuff that we had was all really good. Mm-hmm. The but the main draw is the dessert. Naturally. 
for a restaurant called Chocolate Emporium. Chocolate it better Emporium. be. <laughs> and let me tell you. Oh, it did mama. not disappoint. So we went there for my birthday. Yes. At my request. At your request. Because I said, I want to eat dessert. Because we had eyed this when we went to Universal Orlando. They have one in the City Walk experience there. By the way, this the reason we're talking about this on a theme park podcast is because it's in Universal City Walk, which is like the shopping, eating sort of downtown little area outside of Universal Studios. They have this restaurant in Orlando and have had it for a while for a while now. And so we wanted to go there when we went to Orlando. I don't know why we didn't. Or did they we not? didn't know how late we would be staying at the right. park. So we didn't want we to didn't commit a to a reservation. We thought we could wing it. We walked in. The wait was over two hours. And yeah. we said goodbye. And then we yeah. ate at the Hard and Rock it, Cafe. Yeah. <laughs> and that was <laughs> average. <laughs> so yeah, so we missed our opportunity to go there. And then as fortune would have it, they opened one here. So you were like, let's go for my birthday. I got a cookies and cream milkshake that had an entire chocolate chip cookie stuck in the top of it and then Oreo crumbles on top. Ooh. All of their milkshakes, they had a red velvet milkshake that looked really good, an entire red velvet cupcake just sitting on top of it. Um, so all of the it's... milkshakes have like additional kind of pastries and things desserts on you know added into the experience it's decadent i ordered the flourless chocolate cake that came with ice cream and good god it was delicious it comes out warm and gooey and it's so rich but then because so we ordered dessert and then michael disappeared for a second so, to go to the bathroom so <laughs> if you've ever been anywhere with emily as i'm sure you most, all have. You know. Have. You know me. She frequents the bathroom regularly. Like, wow. you, are you are you calling out my peanut bladder? Do in you public? have to pee quite a, uh, regularly. I'm hydrated. So I assumed. <laughs> what? What? You assumed at some point I would go yeah. to the bathroom. It's like this is a whole experience. We're getting. You know, we got a we got drinks. We got. Uh, we we ordered a bottle of wine. We got dessert. Like, sucking down we that there. water. We we got we had a because uh, we got there and they our uh, table wasn't ready. They were like, oh, we're running a bit behind. So an we hour to, behind. They said an hour. It's so we went to Margaritaville to get a drink. We both got frozen cocktails, and then they texted us like twenty minutes later. And so we're sitting there at Margaritaville sucking down cocktails at a rate that was not healthy for anyone. Getting brain freeze. Oof stuff so all of that and being you know a whole dinner experience i was like absolutely she's gonna have to pee at some point so i was just waiting for you to get up and then i would like flag down the waiter and be like hey can we do like a birthday thing and you didn't have to go at all and so he comes by and he's like you guys want to order dessert and you're uh, like you're like yeah i'm ready and i'm like so it was my fault <laughs> no, it wasn't your fault. Also, I imagined we could order dessert and then I would just go tell him, hey, can you like put a candle in that or, or you know, whatever, right. whatever you do. Yeah. And so we order our dessert and I'm like, OK, I got it. So I'm like, I'm going to go to the bathroom and I walk away. And luckily, I f find the waiter fairly easily and i tell him it's your birthday and was like oh could you just like you know put a candle or like if you guys do anything like just with her thing and he's like oh i wish you told me for your birthday you get a free piece of cake of like birth you know like a vanilla more traditional birthday cake and i was like oh yeah i guess whatever like i kind of wanted to be like no just the one cake that she ordered is fine and like whatever you would do as a birthday thing just do it on that one but i didn't really want to like argue the semantics of it so i was just like okay yeah, if sure. it's free yeah it is free so i so so we get our regular dessert and then all of a sudden he comes over with another enormous piece of cake huge and just sets it down in front of me and i was like i am eating cake and he comes over and he's he starts singing happy birthday and he was like because a lot of places and i know that you're not really super into like having a lot of attention on you but i was like whatever we're in like a fun kitschy place they'll do something and he told me when i talked to him he was like 
he was like, yeah, I'll bring it over and we'll sing happy birthday. Oh, by the way, <laughs> you have to sing too because it's just going to be me. <laughs> it was, it was a solo like, performance. They don't like gather everyone No, up. no, and no. So he's coming over he was alone. and just singing happy birthday. And I'm like, I guess I got to join in too. So that was a slightly awkward like rendition of, of happy birthday. But I loved it. I thought you guys did great. Yeah. So we had a milkshake with a big cookie stuck in the top of it. A piece of chocolate cake with ice cream and a full other piece of birthday cake to be fair we did not eat the birthday cake at that time no, we he didn't. gave us a box yeah, we, took <laughs> we, some, we took it home, some stuff home. <laughs> but i did eat it the next day yeah and that was cake all, was good all three of the desserts that we had were very good yes and i'm a big milkshake connoisseur it is my dessert of choice almost anywhere I go mm-hmm. if they have a milkshake and I'm going to get something sweet that's what I'm going to get and this was one of the like obviously all the stuff on top is fun but the actual milkshake itself and cookies and cream is not even like I'm a usually like chocolate maybe chocolate peanut butter kind of guy but like this was so good one of the just most well executed milkshakes I've ever had yeah I think the only critique not even critique the only complaint I had was okay. about myself. I ate too much dinner and I was too full plan before dessert for dessert. Yes. You know, I if, could go there and just eat dessert. If you're the kind of pe- person, you know, if you're there with two people and you want to like share an entree or something, yeah, maybe move. get, you know, a couple appetizers, whatever, you know, eat, or you could just be a rational person and just not eat all of your food. But that's not really how our I style. ate less than half of my sandwich that i ordered oh yeah you had that huge sandwich it was huge i t- i ate part of it and i was like i have to have what it was like a a croque monsieur what was it was like ham and it's ham and like a bechamel sauce and cheese mm. and ooh, it's tasty yeah it's like kind of like a fancy grilled cheese yeah 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 but yes save room for dessert or just go for dessert. The food is worth eating. Yeah, I thought the food was great. I think if you go, you can go for the whole experience because you probably have to get a reservation. Mm-hmm. Did they sell ice cream at the candy shop? So I think they... Oh, they had a separate I think bar. they had a separate place where if you wanted a milkshake, you could get a milkshake. Yeah. But I think in order to get the other desserts, you, you have, have to have... Yeah. It's worth if you just go to City Walk and you don't have a reservation and you want to get one of the milkshakes definitely worth it i think mm-hmm. they're very good and very they have a bunch good. they have a lot of variety too yeah yeah, yeah. the last thing yes. that i want to discuss with you okay. is a piece of news <gasps> so we might news. we're not like a we're not like a news podcast i don't think clearly we are not up on our we're, facts yeah, just, or our <laughs> figures we just we just spew out <laughs> things that maybe we heard from someone on the street i think i read that in an article yeah. one time uh but we'll we'll sprinkle in news when we think it's uh, relevant, newsworthy, relevant, and park stopping too. <laughs> park stopping, what a stupid <laughs> thing my brain is. So again, we will not only be talking about Disney and Universal on this podcast, but we have a very exciting piece of Disneyland news, and that is Rogers the Musical is coming this summer for months. Since Hawkeye came out. That was like, over a year ago. I was like, why is this not in that theater in Disneyland? You it's really... right next to Guardians. Extend Avengers Campus. Yeah. Put that in there. Finally, all of my prayers have been answered. So if you're unfamiliar, there's a Marvel TV show called Hawkeye in which... There is a musical about Captain America and kind of set loosely in the first Avengers movie. Uh, They do a whole musical number in the show. It is fantastic. It is written by the writing team who did the music for Hairspray. That's why it's so freaking good. And they also did Mary Poppins Returns. And one other famous musical. uh, Oh, in the show Smash, they wrote... (gasps) Uh, which is not a very popular oh. show, but for people who are into mu- like musical theater, that was a big, big deal. That that music's great. Yeah, season one. 
Season one. Season two. Season one is great. That bad. Season two does not exist. Uh, so anyway, so it's written by real musical writers. Uh, they There's not a lot of details yet. It was described as a one act. I'm really hoping it's not just the one song I that they perform. bet it will be. <laughs> you, don't, you don't think it's going to be? Because that's once they released. So they did a snippet of it in the show. And then they released the audio track. Mm-hmm. on youtube for the full song after the show came out and then at d23 they performed yeah rogers the musical which we got to see and i so didn't i thought they did it at your other no thing oh they they, sh- they played the video oh they played the video yeah so there's one kind of full musical number it's maybe four minutes mm-hmm. they're not gonna are they gonna load a full theater like that and do a mu- and do a thing there for f- a four minute show with maybe no, I think maybe they would add I, I just it's not gonna it's not a it's not a two hour musical no no but I think it it they described it as a one act a like one it's act gotta be like be 20 minutes two, yeah. at least oh yeah yeah that's what I'm th- saying yeah, yeah it's gonna be more than a four minute single yeah. song yeah. I'm sure that'll be probably like the We'll probably add some scenes. The you know, clothes. Like, yeah, it'll probably be like be a loose story of like the first Avengers movie. Sure. And so there'll probably be a few scenes. I hope there's like at least one other musical number so in it. But what's interesting is they released just a tiny little teaser video that shows Peggy yeah. going into the theater. And so I don't know if that was just to like incite Captain America imagery or if she's going to be in it. Because if she's a character in it, then that means the story is spanning more than just the, you know what's in the first Avengers movie. So it's going to be like spanning. So Let's it see. could be longer. You know, maybe maybe it's twenty, yeah, twenty, thirty minutes. Who knows? I hope so. I mean, the past. I mean, the Frozen show that was there before was like forty-five minutes, and then the Aladdin show was probably like a half hour. But yeah. I feel like that theater's so huge. You're right. Like they're not going to load that many people in the theater for for 10 minutes yeah Yeah. i think there's gonna be a little bit of meat to it i hope so i hope we get a villain song what if what if loki does a dramatic ballad if there's a loki song that would be really good oh my god what do you think it would be called (gasps) ballad whoa what what would what would loki's villain ballad be called do you think glorious purpose i was just gonna say that that's the obvious choice yeah i feel like we can do better I don't know what. Uh, I'm also an alligator. Great call. What if the alligator <laughs> no sings sense. a song? It makes no sense in the context of what this would be no, about, but, <laughs> but I like it's it. related. What if regular Loki and alligator Loki do a tap dance duet? An alligator with four little tap shoes. <laughs> it's so cute. Is that going to be performed by a human? No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> by a real alligator? <laughs> Okay. In a top hat. That's not dangerous in any way. <laughs> With a way. tiny little cane. <laughs> I like that you threw that the question to to me posed. What if alligator Loki and regular Loki did a, a duet? I don't know. That would be weird. <laughs> what if they what did if that? What if that happened? I, I don't know. What if that they should did? be the, in the next season of Marvel's mm-hmm. What If? <laughs> <laughs> I need to make some calls. Yeah, I know. So I'm really curious what it's going to be like, but you can bet I'll be there all day. Yeah. All day, every day. Opening night. Yeah. Hope they hand out playbills. I wonder how many, like when they did the Frozen show, how many of those are there throughout the day? They did like four or five. Wow. They did a, like, th- that was crazy because that's a big production and they did it yeah. multiple times a day. Wait, is it Maybe one th- cast that does all of those I in a day? I don't or would they have, know. Because it seems like a lot to have. I always wondered that too. Same day, yeah. It'll be interesting. I don't know. I mean, uh, we've been, yeah. Personally, you and I have been clamoring for them to do some real life version of this show uh, since it was it was in the show, and there's been much speculation about what form that will take. But you nailed it, Disneyland. Yes. Yeah. Twenty thirty minute show doesn't need to overstay its welcome. I don't think I don't because when it first came out, I was like, we need a two hour version of this on Broadway. That's what I wanted. And I was like, I would see that. But I don't know that this would hold up for like two or three (laughs) full hours. But for, you know, whatever this is, 30 minutes. Golden. I think it'll be great. And it's just going to be so tacky. And I love that. Hot dog. dog. (laughs) 
Alright. <laughs> Thanks, pal. <laughs> Thanks, pal.